I love the way they're talking to you. Because they're winners. Winners get to do what they want. Welcome to Season 6 of the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that zeroes in on the proven principles and time-tested strategies of high performance in sports and business. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. And this season, I chop it up with an array of high performers from a variety of different fields and with a variety of different areas of expertise to find out the habits, mindset, and disciplines they've developed to not only raise their game, but to sustain it as well. More specifically, I will find out what they have done and what they continue to do to manage stress, avoid stagnation, and beat burnout. After all, it's one thing to reach the top. It's another to stay there. I hope you enjoy, and more importantly, I hope you benefit from the wisdom they bestow and that it helps you raise and sustain your game. Don't act like you're not impressed. On the topic of sustaining excellence, the world's most effective and impactful leaders know how important it is to constantly invest in their people. If your team, business, or school could use a shot of optimism, positivity, and inspiration to end this year on a high note, or if your team would benefit from a series of proven, actionable strategies that can be implemented immediately for tangible results, please visit allensteinjr.com. I offer a wide range of highly customized virtual speaking services. From 15-minute pre-recorded messages to interactive live Zoom presentations to highly produced in-studio keynotes. If you're committed to showing your team how much you value them, appreciate them, and care about them, visit allensteinjr.com now. When you need a new book to read, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. When your stress starts to get at you, park it like it's hot, park it like it's hot, park it like it's hot. And when you need a better attitude, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot. I've got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Sean Don and I'm all the best because I got it going on. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to try to rap, did you? Yeah, I'll leave that to Snoop and I'll stay in my lane. But since we're on the topic of dropping it like it's hot, man, you corny. That's probably the best way I can describe the limited time massive price drop on the ebook version of my book, Raise Your Game High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best. That's right, from now until January 4th, 2021, the ebook version will be on sale for only $3.99. That's right, $3.99. So don't wait any longer to raise your game and download a copy now at Amazon. Apple Books, Google Play, or wherever you purchase your favorite ebooks. In this episode, I get sent to the principal's office with Joe Sanfilippo, the nationally recognized superintendent of the Fall Creek School District in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. Joe is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and the author of Hacking Leadership, 10 Ways Great Leaders Inspire Learning That Teachers, Students, and Parents Love. Joe understands culture as well as anyone I've ever met and is a true innovator when it comes to creating schools and organizations worth talking about. For more on Joe, 
check out jsanfilippo.com. Here are the most powerful nuggets from our conversation. Let's do it. It's go time. Number one. In this clip, Joe talks about teachers' abilities to pivot and reinvent in order to teach virtually during this pandemic. The first thing that kind of comes about for me is that it really um, it, it really emphasized who was doing a great job in terms of instruction. Because if you were a great teacher on site, you turned into a great teacher you know, online because you had the same mentality. It's almost like what we're talking about just in terms of the craft. Like they just moved and they pivoted and they made it work for them in that particular spot. Those people who struggled really struggled as they made the conversion, but they were struggling in the spot to begin with, right? So I think the thing that the, I think our teachers have done a phenomenal job of making it as seamless as it could be in the situation that we've been given. And we've been given a couple of different things. Last year, we had everybody out. The beginning of this year, we had all the kindergarten through fifth grade kids in and the seven through 12 kids were, six through 12 kids were on a um, AB schedule half and half. And we just recently moved our elementary kids offsite to virtual because we couldn't staff the building anymore because of so many people in quarantine. And what they've done to move out of the building, back into the building, and now out of the building again, has been really astounding. And they keep kids at the heart of what they do. So for us, it was really about making sure that we took some time for everybody to connect with kids and just ask them, what do you need? How are you feeling? And what do you need? And if you can empathize with families at that point and just let them know, like, we're not going to throw a bunch of spelling words at you right away. Like, let's just talk about how you're feeling right now. That has changed the conversation because now, because they didn't ask for this. And I, here's, here's the thing that was really interesting to me. I think at some point there were some teachers in the world that were going to, that were playing this, like, well, like, now, now, now is the time. Now is the time parents are going to go like, you know, our job, your job's really hard. Like your job's really hard, right? This is really hard. But here's the thing, the people that they want, to them to say that to us they're never going to say it to us so like you know, these are the people that like you go out and you say you know what do you think what do you think it's pretty hard they're like yeah you know it really wasn't that bad i mean it was pretty good we worked through it it wasn't that big a deal now they're not telling you that they're sitting in the corner crying with a bottle of wine at the end of the day like they're not telling you that but if we're waiting for people to come back and tell us that our job is hard we're not going to get that so we have to figure out a way that we can just lean in and say you didn't ask for this this is not what you asked for but what we do is help what we do is lean into you. That's what we do. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure your kids have a great experience. So I, I really have, have loved the way that our people have transitioned and in all areas. And, um, and I'm just very, very proud of them. You're a genius. That's the most outstanding answer I've ever heard. Number two. In this clip, Joe shares how you can make sure you have your team's needs filled and being understanding about their current situation starts with making sure that they have their their needs filled and everything that goes along with it but also being you know understanding about their current situation you know we i think that if we tried to make this blanket statement like this is what it's going to look like what we what we're not taking into account is there are a lot of families in the world that don't want us in their homes via video and i think we have to be okay with that we have to figure out what do they need and what do they want to make sure that their child feels comfortable in our space as opposed to saying well this is what we're going to do and if this is what we're going to do, you just got to deal with it, right? Have the conversation and see where they're at. And our community has been extremely responsive to that as well. And um, I mean, this is, this is a, you're talking about Fall Creek, Wisconsin. There's 1,300 people in this village. There's 825 kids in this school. 
And this community wants this process to succeed, whatever the process is, because they're all invested in it. This is the biggest building in the village, right? This is the place that employs the most people in the village. This is where everybody comes. It's the hub of the community. They want it to function because they need it for the village to function. And so they're doing everything that they can to make sure that we, that, that, you know, they support that process. And I could not be more proud of what the, the community has done to help out. Cause they keep asking us, they, well, what do you need? What can we do for you? Like, what, do people need, you know, like, you know, food, do they need clothing? Do they need, what, what do they need? What can we do to help? And that's just, you know, that you have to make sure that you lean into them too. I think it's brilliant. Number three. In this clip, Joe discusses the strategies he lives by and implements to manage stress in his life and the things he recommends educators can do to manage stress in their lives. A couple of things that we talked about specifically in the virtual spot is making sure that we, we tell our people that we want you to start your day and end your day with joy. Something that starts your day that makes you feel good about the work that you're doing. What did you say? We tell our people that we want you to start your day and end your day with joy. Something that starts your day that makes you feel good about the work that you're doing, right? And it's funny because my one of my our, our girls basketball coach loves the work that you do. And he got out, he came in the other day. He's like, you know, I see Alan Stein's getting up, getting taken a cold shower, running a bunch of miles and doing some push-ups before his keynote. Like, what are you doing today? Right. So apparently Jason Martsky's uh, you know, start the day with some laughter. That's what he needs to. Anyway, so but we tell people like you need to start your day with joy, something that brings you joy. Like when we did when the pandemic started, I was I was reading stories to kids on uh on facebook and i would do, read a couple stories and then i do these awful magic tricks like and they were awful they were just awful and at the end of the magic trick the kids always somehow figured it out and as soon as they got as soon as they got off they would call me or they would do uh, facetime or google hangout and, they, and they'd be yelling at me in my office they're like you know you're not magic you know you're not magic like i saw your thumb in that cup you're not magic you're not magic and I'm like, yes, I am. And they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. And then I said to them, I'm like, to the seven-year-old that I'm arguing with, I'm like, well, I guess you're going to have to come back tomorrow and figure it out. And they did. They came back the next day. And it gave me joy, but it also gave parents 20 minutes to just break away from stuff and get away from it, right? And we end our day with joy. When I say end our day with joy, I think people forget that the end also matters in end your day with joy. So at the end of last year, like I was making calls home to kids who had birthdays on the day because they weren't here for us to celebrate their birthday. So I'd call and I'd say, hey, happy birthday, you know, really miss you, that kind of thing. But it ended my day. And then I could go home to the people that, that I care about the most, the people that give me the most latitude, and I can be present and engaged for them because I've ended my day here. Because if you don't end your day in a pandemic, if you don't end your day in a virtual environment, you won't end your day. So I think those have been two things that have been extremely helpful to our staff, or those are the things that they, they tell me have really helped in their process. You're the smartest guy I ever met. Number four. In this clip, Joe talks about how he avoids stagnation and doesn't allow himself to put on the cruise control during a lengthy career. I just have a really good group of people that are willing to take to take risks. And like I said at the beginning, you know, there was these you in the first couple of years that I was here, I was the fifth superintendent in six years in Fall Creek. So it was like just this turnover thing. Right. And I think you could see some you know, movement in the first couple of years. You're like, oh, my goodness, these people have no idea how good they are. 
And then when they figured out how good they are, you could see them jump, right? And then when they jump, they get to this spot and they're like, okay, so now we're here. Now it's harder to see like those incremental changes because they made such a big jump to begin with. And, and so what I try to do is we try to make sure that people, that we value everybody's A to B. We know that everybody's A to B is different, but people don't move to B if you don't value where they start, even if it's not where you want them to be. So we value where they're at. And I think that's been really good uh, in, terms of, in terms of moving forward. The one thing that has helped us out more here and has helped me out as a leader is I kind of live by these three, this three tiered mentality of how we do things here, which, which we call recognize, acknowledge, and extend. And so when we talk about recognize, we, talk, we, we make sure that we walk down hallways and in classrooms and we recognize the greatness of our colleagues. We put ourselves in the right mindset to recognize the greatness. However that is to start your day with joy and put yourself in the right mindset, do that to make sure that you can walk through hallways and recognize the greatness. After you recognize the greatness, make sure you acknowledge to the person that they're doing great work. It's that whole, the things that get emphasized, get repeated, that kind of thing that you talk about. The idea that we have to make sure that we acknowledge to that person that they're doing great work is important. And then in that moment, the two people in that moment feel good about that moment because you've acknowledged their work, right? But when you do the third thing, when you extend the conversation to somebody who wasn't there, so they know that their colleagues are doing great work, what ends up happening is if you extend the conversation to somebody down the hallway, what happens is that person walks down the hallway and tells the person at the other side of the school that they're doing great work. And the reason that they do it is because at some point somebody did it for them and it felt good. And that's the encouragement that we need here in this place that if we can always recognize, acknowledge and extend that keeps us moving forward. And it keeps me away from being real stagnant in terms of the work because I wake up thinking I'm going to recognize somebody's work and I'm going to acknowledge somebody's work. And I'm certainly going to extend that conversation so they know what's going on. And if we continue to do that, that helps the whole process because now we're all moving together and it, and it, and it puts me in the right mindset to see great things. So I don't know if I'll ever feel like I had this thing on lock. I'll tell you that because I think things change so much, but I've got a group of people here that are willing and if you have a group of people that are willing and they trust the process that, you, that, that, that the whole group has put in place, I think you can really move people forward. You smart. I appreciate that. Number five. In this clip, Joe shares how he helps keep his teachers and educators from experiencing burnout. I'm going to reverse engineer this thing because I think when you talk about the parents piece of it, I think the parents get a little bit better. They can be a lot to handle because they don't know what's going on. Right. And I think what ends up happening is when people don't know what you do, they make up what you do. And often what they do is they make up what you do based on what happened to them when they were in school 25 years ago and they're still jacked up. They didn't get a second chicken sandwich at lunch or they got put against the wall at recess or the coach didn't play them or whatever the case may be. Right. And they talk about that story over and over again, like it is who we are today. And until we connect with that group and, and tell them about the process that's happening here, that group becomes very loud. And that group is also 80% of the, of the community. 80% the, the of the voting public don't have kids in school. So 80% of the voting public are now making a judgment based on you, based you know, on whatever happened to them. So when you're out in the community, even if the 20% of your school loves the work that you do, you're walking into an 80% group that doesn't know what you do and it's making a judgment about you because they had one teacher in fourth grade that they hated. And then all of a sudden that becomes who you are as a fourth grade teacher. So our biggest job here is making sure that the work that's being done here is shared on a level that other people can see, notice, understand, and love the work that's happening here because that gives the work that's happening here value. And I think what ends up happening, you know, as we move back in this reverse engineering, people don't, people get burned out because they don't feel like they have value. 
And so if we provide value for those people in terms of making sure that people outside of their space know what's happening, it changes the conversation. If we can change the audience, we can change the, you know, the way that people, you know, work within our context. You know, if I get a chance to go and speak some places, I go do like a, you know, speak, I'll do a keynote. But then I also tell the people that, that are doing the conference, I'm going to bring my staff and our staff members get a session right after the keynote. So if I do my job and I go and get people excited, when we walk into that room right after, it's going to be full. And our people are going to get a chance to present to more teachers in one room than there are in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. And as soon as they get done with that and they share their passion, they're going to get on their phone. And they're going to start texting everybody and say, you're not going to believe what happened to us. That changes the conversation. It gives them value. And when they have value, the day-to-day -day operation of what they do feels a little bit better because they know that there's something bigger moving forward. If no one told you yet you're a genius and an artist, let me be the first. Number six. In this clip, Joe discusses how he manages his schedule between his time speaking and everything he does in the educational space. I think the first thing is that I have an incredibly supportive board. And so, so when I got the job here in 2010, 11, or it's in 2010, I was, I was in my interview and uh, one of the board members, and I, I asked the board, like, you know, what's your expectation of me as a superintendent here? And one of the board members said, you know, um, we have a lot of really great things happening here, but nobody knows about them. And I said, well, I might not be the best superintendent you'll hire, but I am the loudest person on earth. If there are great things happening here, I can promise you that we're going to hear, people are going to hear about them. And I get the energy from that. And I think that I don't want to stop doing the other stuff because it gives me energy for the stuff that we're doing here. So when it comes down to balance, the one thing that I try to make sure that I do is make sure that what we do here is a part of everything that we are that we're doing moving forward because that gives me value hopefully in both places you know if i do these little one minute walk to work videos but in a one minute there's like a minute and a half but in one minute and a half from my house where i live across the street to school we drop six fall creek mentions in a minute and a half every one of them there's 60 of these videos Every one of them has six Fall Creek mentions. I, I walk by my license plate that's got a Go Crickets license plate. I walk by a sign that says Go Crickets. I always say Fall Creek, Wisconsin. I walk by another sign on my fence. I walk by a sign at school. And I always end by saying, have a great day, Go Crickets. So in those six things, that's an opportunity to continue to work here and shine a light on the work here so we know that so people outside of our space know who we are inside of this space. And that gives me, honestly, when it comes to like balance and schedule and everything that goes along with it, it just gives me that, you know, it gives me that feeling that I want to continue to do more and I don't feel burned out on that process. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. My key takeaways from my time spent with Joe is that you must have the ability to pivot and reinvent yourself during challenging times. And creating strategies to manage stress in your life will help in the recommendations you make to help others manage stress in their lives as well. Showing your team that you care and acknowledging them is a key to being a successful leader. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for investing your time with us. Please let me know what you learned in the episode by hitting me up at Alan Stein Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Until then, I'm wishing you the best as you raise and sustain your game. <laughs>